today's topic is a, a very ordinary topic with an extraordinary view from you. It is science and technology. So just just give me some ideas. That, I mean, everyone knows about science and technology. Science and technology go way further back than people really think about it. Um, I mean, one of the things I could start with is uh, science uh, is is an exploration of what's true or not, mm. in, in in as best as you can define it. Right. Um, people talk about well, nothing's really true or not. Well, it is. You know, um, science is the exploration of what is actually true and what's not. Mm. Uh, the majority of stuff that people believe isn't necessarily true or not. Mm. But that's what science is: is like saying what is actually true or not. The people listening right now, uh, you know, science created the tools that we're using to this moment to get that through. Yep. And, and if it, if it wasn't about the truth, the actual truth, then it wouldn't work. You know. So science is definitely a vehicle for spreading truth. Oh, it should or, be. Or, or false. Yeah, it can. It, it, I mean, it's, in theory, it is. Mm. I mean, uh, although obviously that's that's uh, one opinion of it uh, that that isn't generally looked at. When people talk about science, they generally think of scientists or the scientific community. White coats, test tubes. Yeah, and, and arrogance, for example. <laughs> yeah. Okay, ivory towers of the university. Yeah. But uh, the way you said science has been going on, the first man who invented the wheel, or the first woman, uh, let me not get stoned by women, uh, the first wheel, uh, when they discovered the earth was a curved place and you don't fall off ships at the end. Mm. That's all science, isn't it? Yeah, well, the wheel probably came a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. the, the figuring out that the world was round, that was sort of, uh, the, the world's a globe is, is, more recently that's when science, you know, had already matured into some kind of, testing procedure. Mm -hmm. I think it was Newton who changed all that. Like before that, science wasn't really backed by any kind of methodology and he brought in the idea that you have to be able to prove mm. what you're saying and things like that. Mm. And so uh, before that, science was kind of a belief system. Yeah. If you believe that it's true, if you don't, it's false. Pretty much. You had alchemy and things like that, for example, which mm. was seen as a form of science, science or magic or whatever. Mm. Um, but in the early days, uh, you know, um, Belief was also a form of science. You know, yes. Religion is a form of science as well, in, in some sense. But we'll get into that later, because my, my belief is today's magic is tomorrow's science. When you discover how it happens... Put it the other way around, yeah. Tomorrow's science is today's, today's magic. magic. Yeah. If you don't understand it, it's magic. And if you understand it, it's science. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there's, there's different forms of science as well. I mean, like I, I came up with a term that I use uh, called storyline science. Storyline science. And yeah. What does that mean? That means that it's not necessarily backed by evidence, but because we believe it is true, like um, tarot or like tarot astrology. Card. Tarot card, astrology. Yeah, religion even, you know, is within mm. that sort of realm of whether it's actually factually provable or not, it doesn't really matter because it's more about what people believe is true and therefore, and therefore it that makes true. it true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, if everyone believes that, that uh, thunder is the gods you know, getting upset, then that's, what, that's the truth. Okay, if all of us believe that thunder is gods getting upset and act accordingly and rush to our houses and not sit near electric poles and get electrocuted, then that kind of belief system type of storyline science is useful. Yeah, as long as it makes sense and it's useful, then it is sort of like a, a human storyline hmm. so it's kind of yeah it's, it's but, but sometimes there's science underneath it perhaps yeah and sometimes it's just rubbish no no but you know. most religions and i'm quite happy to talk about the hindu religion for no fear of any fatwa uh, say i won't eat the food bitten by your mouth now that's hmm. perfectly good in ancient india when there was a lot of cholera typhoid and all these diseases yeah. 
So it's codified into religion and make it like a pretendy storyline science yeah. for the common people. Well, I think well, people weren't educated yes. so much. So, so that served its purpose. Yeah. But now I understand that if food is touched, uh, and it, it can be infectious, but not as infectious. You know, a man's bite is more dangerous than a dog's bite yeah, for the yeah, bacteria we carry. Mouth is much so there, there is heavier. some sense in it, but you can't explain to everyone what it is. So turn it into a religious belief system. I think that's what religion always was: was um, you know, basic lessons for uh, people who can't necessarily think it through themselves. Hmm. And so they uh, needed storylines and yeah. Story. So yeah, comic, comic was, books and was one of the early storyline sciences. Yes. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the end because it's a fascinating subject and quite challenging to I most think people. Religion is a topic as well, so we'll yes, we shall for that. Coming back into science, um, a lot of fantastic scientists were also very artistic. Yeah, I think there's two sides of science. One is uh, the ability to prove um, and, and test, and the methodology, mm -hmm. which is sort of action. Mm. And, and mm. before that comes the theoretical, which is more the creative side. So the hi hi uh, hypothesis. Yeah, yeah. You could say that when, when somebody has a creative mind, they don't necessarily understand what it is that made them think what they thought. No, if they, they, then they, they won't have the, the challenge. No, and, and it's an imaginative process. So I think that, that side of it is kind of, you know, looking at... Uh, say a black hole and a star and what happens when they collide, for example, and then uh, a theoretical scientist uh, would use a creative process, envision that, you know, some people would come up with the right answer, like just by being creative about it. Like and intuitive? Yeah. Well, like a gut feeling. Yeah, we, we call it gut feeling, yeah. And, and but the gut does feel, you know, there's lots yeah, of nerve no, supply yeah. in the gut, you know. There's that actually too. a brain in the gut. Yes. Yeah. That the gut has a lot of brain, the heart has a lot of nerve supply as well through heart power, mm. what you and I talk about on stress and so on. Well, that's actually interesting. We actually have a gut brain. Yes. Which is amazing, actually, if you think about it. We've always assumed that we have one brain and that the nervous system was just, you know, an extension of our brain. But, but brain is intelligence, and whether it's a neural electrical activity or a chemical understanding, I have known, I mean, only two weeks ago or something you and I saw on television, this gut brain, yeah, that's nerve just, supply. Yeah, yeah. But the chemical intelligence of the brain, when people say I have a gut feeling, Mm. There is a feeling your, your, your stomach gets in a knot when you see a pretty woman, when you read poetry, mm. when you see a child being hit. You know, your, your emotions are moved from the gut. They really are. Mm. And that is not necessarily until two, two weeks ago, uh, um, electrical process, but still it's a chemical behavior. So the, yeah. the chemistry is also intelligence. Yeah, I mean, you know, intelligence is... Uh, is you don't need a brain to be intelligent. Exactly, you know? exactly. It could be a chemical intelligence, it could be a social intelligence, and other things that we talk about. Coming back to mm. science, so you said Newton was the first modern-day scientist. I think he, he revolutionized the way science was done. He know? made people think differently. I think he, I don't know the full details, but if I remember right, he instituted a process where, you know, I think, you know, you, you hypothesize something, yes. but then you measure it and you... And it has to be repeatable. Yeah, exactly. You have to do it again and again. Yeah. And if Anand as a Hindu does it, and Mr. Khan as a Muslim does it, the results have to be the same. Mm -hmm. So our belief system should not be affecting it. Yeah, that's, that's how you sort of define uh, whether it's true or not, I think. Did you remember, I'll, I'll quote a very funny example if you like it, I hope. Uh, we were talking, we were quite upset at one time uh, through our family life and you said the soul weighs six kilograms. Mm. Remember? No. So, yes, I'll tell you. Because we were talking about the weight of the soul. Now the soul or intelligence is a concept. Consciousness is a concept. It's non-spatial. Uh, so when the body's weight goes, uh, when someone dies, it isn't that the weight goes off by one gram or one kilo. 
and you were laughingly saying this, fully understanding, I think, as a child of eight or ten, saying, what adults, are, how can adults be this stupid that they want to weigh the soul? People have done such experiments. Yeah. You know? They actually weigh the body at the point of death and see. Yeah, the and weight apparently changes. it's something like six grams or something. It, it is six grams. Yeah. So maybe that's what you're <laughs> quoting. But then there's a whole bunch of other reasons that the body, you know, would change its weight, you know. So I, I don't think that's... So it's not the escaping of the soul through the mouth or no, the backside. No, It's kind of like an early understanding, like wood, you know, you you release the soul of the wood by burning it and it becomes lighter, so therefore the soul oh, of you, the wood... you release the energy in it. Well, that we know that now. Yes. That's what I mean, that, you know, if you didn't realize that, so then it, what would, how would you explain it yes. without knowledge? All right. Well, to me, the soul is psychic energy. Yeah. It's another energy. It's still... Some, and as science is catching up, we can measure these things, you know. Yeah, but, you know, again, methodology in this case, for example, you know, measuring a difference in weight doesn't necessarily no, no, mean no. that the soul, therefore... It may be a false hypothesis. Mostly, yeah, and, and it's very difficult for people, you know, any human being, to separate themselves from those kind of core beliefs. So if you're a religious and a scientist, for example, if you believe in Christianity, mm. uh, then, you know, the, the God topic is um, a variable for you, whereas somebody else who's an atheist, it's just not a variable for them, you know. Um, so that, for example, is, is is the differences, and it's very difficult for people to to think, I call it thinking virtually, where you, you're super neutral. Uh, I mean, I grew up using computers, so I think it's become quite easy for me to do. Mm. Because a computer doesn't have a religion. It, there's no belief system in a computer at no. all, you know, that's what it's I mean. It's either one or it's zero. Yeah, so you, it's, it's easy to separate yourself and mm. think like... Uh, you know, very um, neutrally, neutral. Neutrally. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I say that, but still, I'm, I'm a human being, so I can't say I'm completely separate from that. But I think mm. the, the value of being able to do that, it makes your science cleaner and it makes you. So, I, are you Spock like? No, no, I don't think I so. I mean, Spock is a cartoon of uh, the, the, what we are talking about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's an extreme cartoon. No, but he, he had this kind of old fashioned view of logic, and uh, logic is limited by. The knowledge you have and the information you have, so it's, yes. it's kind of it's still quite limited. I think I've got a, a richer, multi-spectral mm. version of that, but mm. I'm still, mm. you know, bound by sort of what makes sense at least. And w would you not say that Newton did what Newton did, and then Einstein came and completely kicked the bucket uh, for Newton? I don't think so. He he expanded on it. There's a Newtonian model of physics, for example, which you know we call it Newtonian because Newton invented it. He was that big. Oh yeah, he was he was the father of physics. Father of, mm. Physics. He invented physics as a mm. concept. He invented mm. the you know the measurement of gravitational blah 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 mm. objects moving action, and reaction. Yeah, all of that stuff. He he. I think it was his book Math, uh, Principia Mathematica. Mathematica. Yeah, mm. that was uh, his his one of his great works. Um, and then Einstein came along and refined the model by introducing space time as a as a principle that actually space and motion are only related to. A time and B sort of gravity. That the higher the gravity is, the slower the time. So mm. you know, the so he connected matter and energy were the same thing. Yeah, in diff different expressions of the it's same. It's thing. quite fascinating stuff because mm. you know, if you can visualize it, it's like saying you know, the closer you are to a gravitational object like the sun or the earth, time, time actually slows, slows down. down. So mm. yeah, your your passage through time is condensed, or mm. the passage through space is condensed, mm. so, you know, it, it's quite hard to visualize, but, mm. um, well, over the radio it's quite hard to visualize. <laughs> You're therefore saying that uh, science has evolved and expanded and become the richer for Einstein's relativity, and there'll be more Einsteins. Well, yeah, there, I think there are many today who are, you know, at his sort of level, to be honest. I think uh, intelligence has, has uh, you know, gone up extremely. And also nowadays we have a new generation of scientists. So mm. these guys are a bit more open-minded. They use 
you know, uh, they're a bit more like, as far as we understand, blah, 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 blah. They can or, say that yeah, humbly. And, yeah, and they have to do that because to be a good scientist, you have to be You have to be non-egotistic. Yeah. If your ego gets in the way, you're spoiled completely. There's two sides. One is in the old days, you'd have competing theories and everyone would be out to prove their own theories. It's, like, it's like patenting ideas. Yeah, well, they want to have the recognition as a scientist. Yes, and it's, I think me, today, it's me, it's me, it's yeah. me. Today's scientists are a little bit more... Um, Humble? Well, open-minded, I would uh -huh, call it. Uh -huh. Which is part of the same, to be honest. I mean, humble and open-minded. So, so it's less uh, me, 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 it's more, sh shall we look at it? Well, what's right? And, and as, but it's just little things like, you know, they'll say, um, as far as we understand, the Big Bang, blah, 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 instead of the Big Bang was blah, full blah, stop. Blah, and I, it used to really annoy me, that stuff on TV, <laughs> when I'd watch that, I'd just I'd get upset by it almost. <laughs> and, um, Saying this is the way, it's a my way or highway. Like, yeah, but here's one thing, like the Big Bang, they say that, you know, um, we can see that the universe is expanding, so if we go far enough back, it must have come from one infinitesimal small point. Yes, but yes. why would you why would you assume that? It's like, you know, we can see an explosion of a star. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that in the beginning it was just an infinitesimal small point. Actually, before it exploded, it was a star. And that's not the same conclusion. Mm -hmm. so we don't know what the Big Bang was. Mm -hmm. We don't know why it came. We don't know what it was that early on. There's some evidence of what it was. And so we can kind of extrapolate. But that's assuming that our models of gravity are correct and all these kind of so things. So the Big Bang is an explosion. And maybe before that, there was an implosion. Before there was an explosion. Yeah, before I mean, there was an implosion. My personal theory is, yeah, it goes on and on. And it's it, cyclic. Time is cyclic. Well, you could say that. I mean, it explodes and it expands. And then at then some point, shrinks. everything turns into more and more black holes, which then reduce everything. They become bigger. And all the black holes start to coalesce. And then it pulls itself back into so one So it's a pendulum. Point. I think so, yeah. Over eons and eons and eons yeah. and eons. It's and unimaginable eons. to us. But then at the same time, if we look closer and closer and we understand deeper and deeper, what we'll see is, like everything in nature, we'll see that that same principle happens in all in kinds of In every field of life. Yeah. yeah, the sun has a life form. I mean, yeah. it is a life form, basically. The, the sun, mm. uh, all stars, for example, are, in my mm. eyes, they're, they're life forms. Mm. You know, mm. But we just, our definition of life is very limited. So mm. we don't understand that the universe is a living being, actually, mm. that, you know, being is about uh, a whole bunch of interconnected processes so if the unit if, if we're alive actually if you want to re really define that are we one organism or are we hundreds of billions of organisms i think we are hundreds and trillions. trillions we are a solar system yeah well we're, we yeah, we're an entire universe aren't we and it, when you go back to the old days where they used to say that and then how did they know that when they used to say in religious times hmm. probably they didn't know it but they intuitively knew it yes know? and then well yes and then crude science came along and uh, said to darwin this can't be. Because the Earth was created in six days, and on the seventh day, God rested, and that's it. Perhaps. Well, that, that wasn't science. That was religion, I suppose. But then Darwin and people like that, they broke against... With great difficulty. Existing. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Darwin didn't release his, uh, his book, uh, and, and he, he gave instructions after his death for it to be released. Do Otherwise, he'd be killed anyway. Do you know that, though? No, I didn't yeah. know that. No, he was so I, I just could, I can't understand how... He was uh, afraid of persecution. Well, he should be, because yeah. even Christians today in America, proper Christians don't believe in Darwin. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, but we covered that again. I mean, let's talk about that in yeah. religion as well, because that's... that's no, I, uh, religion keeps topic. popping up because it's supposed to be the antithesis of science. Yeah, they say that, yeah. Well, that's the thing that science is, uh, you know, catching up. And what, what they're saying is that, you know, if it's not repeatable, then it's not true. And there's some value to that. You are going to miss a lot of deeper stuff in the beginning, because if you try to measure everything... You have to start primitive, and eventually you'll realize that you know, if if something happens, it's explainable. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. Just at every level, that's how it is. I, I keep bringing religion is because religion also uh, is being used today 
and will be used tomorrow and was being uh, previously to just shut out the uncomfortable truths. Mm. And therefore, if science comes up with something that doesn't fit, uh, it can't be. I it can't be. It religion, can't be. Religion in that respect also represents some level of, um, let's call it maturity. And, and they're always saying, no, no, we're going to hang on to the old belief. And there is some benefit to that. But I it makes the world stable. I think that, you know, there's no, there's, there's, there's rarely a good intention from religion. I mean, it's usually like eventually admitting, okay, the world is round and, you know, okay. Okay, well, I'll allow you that. Yeah, as if, uh, you know, they have the ultimate sanction. Mm. But that, that's the big mistake they make that, you know, if God is such a deep intelligence, you know, uh, who are they to judge what he actually meant or what, what it actually meant when it said something or other. It's, it's very difficult to keep off religion, isn't it? Both, yeah. of, both of us go to Let's go back to science then. I, mean, science, you know, yes. um, I think there's a lot of things today uh, where people are sort of a bit anti-science. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it, for me, it's a bit of a confusion again, you mm. know, what, what is science? Because, you know, it's not... People uh, probably are, are protesting somewhat against the arrogance of some science, mm. some scientists, and, and, and the sort of... The me of it. The, I did it. No, well, also just the the kind of um, assuming that they know best, even though they're still primitively catching up with, you know. On the other hand, you've got people who reject science, but then if they reject science, then they don't really know why they're saying what they're saying. So I don't agree with them either. You know, it's kind of both don't work. It's so like, it's a very Buddhist attitude you have. Well, maybe it's... I, I think it's, I've taken the best of both, I hope. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, exactly. I, I grew up with computers and, and science and, and technology and left-brain left society, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. to speak, mm -hmm. but I've learned a lot from right-brain. But I also like, you know, Buddhism and and all that, the sort of Eastern philosophies are kind of, they're not that valuable on their own, on a bigger picture, unless you combine them with science, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, personally, you need left and right. You can't, you can't mm -hmm. do one or the you other. You clap with two hands. Well, yeah, and you, you think with two brains, and, you know, the world is made up of two halves, so to speak, and, you know. You say two brains, it depends how much big the, the bridge in between the corpus callosum is. Yeah, well, the activity between them, yeah. And th that is what the intelligence is. Otherwise, you'll have data. Well, I would say it more like um, if your right and left brain are communicating a lot, then your corpus callosum will is resize itself to cater for that increased yes. usage. But yes. uh, the, the intelligence is in the programming. It's like a computer running uh, Windows XP or, you know, Mac OS 9 or something mm, like mm. that. It's still a computer, but it depends what program you right. run on it. Right. And then, you know, you can upgrade the software and upgrade the software. And then in a, in a brain, the brain has to re readjust itself physically to cater for the new. So the brain actually upgrades itself, mm. becomes a newer computer mm. um, as the software upgrades. When, as you may remember, four years ago, I put up this girl who had one half of her brain removed, hemispherectomy. Right. And she walked out of the hospital with half a brain. Wow. And yet people who have a small motorcycle accident have a stroke and st stick with it for the end of their days. Mm. So the, the brain, if allowed to, grows and grows yeah, and grows it's, it's and grows. it's a fascinating machine, isn't it? Isn't it? it? It's a computer, you can take half of it off. It's like a fr hologram, isn't it? Um, if you get close enough into the brain, as far as I understand it, it's kind of a holographic crystal matrix something yes. like that yes. it's for me the gray matter concept is 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 if you ask a different question why does all life on earth who ha has any kind of complex thoughts use gray matter for mm. that and mm. i think it's because it's the best um, material that nature has come up with uh, to be able to act as a sort of quantum radio mm -hmm. and what it is is to communicate of, with it, bits of itself you could say that or even further we don't know but mm. I, I think for example if you if you imagine like a small crystal that changes its shape
based on what you're using it for. Yes. So uh, it's like a bacteria or a virus adapting. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, yeah. And, and the brain is like that, actually. When you change your memories, mm. what's actually happening mm -hmm. is your brain's physically changing shape. To think. Do you know that? Yes, yes, yes. I it believe so. It changes shape physically. Yes, and, um, and, and I know based that. Based on the new information. Well, on a very simple example, if you look at people who play the violin, the left thumb and the left forefinger have massive representations on the right brain yeah. because they've been playing the violin. Yeah. And if you don't use your brain, it shrinks. Yeah. It yeah, just that's where I, physically, that's where I never mind. To think, I mean, like, because mm. you've got this mapping across the top of your brain. Yes. I forgot what you call it, but it's this thin one centimeter wide strip from the top of your right ear to the top of your left ear. And, and along that strip yes. is all your physical mapping. So, um, actually, I had an idea Go about on. 10 years ago mm. to create uh, an artificial limb because if you can, if you tape all your fingers together, for example, mm. and then carry on for a year or two, then instead of having representation for four fingers, you You'll just one just into one, right? Blurred representation yeah, of that. Yeah, and it becomes smaller because it's not being used as separate organisms, so uh, separate uh, limbs. So I was thinking, couldn't it be possible to generate a new limb mm. that you kind of have a sensor strip or something that, that sort of creates a... It converts a hologram in the brain into a reality. Yeah, that, that you can actually map a new limb, and as you use that new limb, um, your, your brain, that one centimeter strip actually... You know, well, I've seen, a, I've seen a very, very crude version, a 3D printer. I was in Aidan's house yesterday, mm. and he showed me his 3D printer. So it's a, not a 3D printer, it actually manufactures things yeah, that, from CAD CAM. That's what they are. That's what we are talking about in a very, very subtle way. What you're talking about is the brain gives the instruction, and some machine makes out the object according to what you need. And I think the time will come, it'll do it. Yeah. It, it will do it. I, I, yeah. I, I'm very hopeful it'll do it. No, I, I mean, I think it's quite, it's quite different personally, but the, the, the process of sort of connecting to that, pro that brain strip mm -hmm. is, is sort of, um, I mean, the, 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 I think the technology's not there yet. You'd have to map the whole thing out. And but the idea's out. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm probably not obviously the only person thinking of that, and it's just a thought, you know. I mean, I think what, what I'm interested in in science is having those thoughts that actually give real researchers the thought, hey, Hey, I never thought of that. Thought of Can that. we actually do that? Yeah, because yeah. what I find is that along my travels when I'm in the train, sometimes I'll bump into one leading researcher and mm. we'll talk about uh, cancer. Um, and it turns out this guy is the top, at the, at the time, he was like the top cancer researcher mm -hmm. in the world. So I, I mentioned him, I mentioned him, oh, I'm a science fiction writer and I have this idea of uh, the, the mitochondria in your cells, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. So in every one of your cells, you have a population of creatures. And, and Even in one cell is a whole solar system. It's a city, you could mm. say. Yeah. Mm. Uh, each each city, each one of your cells has power center. It has mm. a you know a, a, a defense, a, a maturity center, things mm. like that. So mm. these little creatures inside, there's populations of them. They mature on one part. They go to work in another part. Mm. They sleep in another part. <laughs> create, and basically, what they're doing is is what we're doing actually. Yes. So yes. it's quite funny that, and they have their own DNA that's separate to ours. So I thought, hey, hang on a minute, because I was thinking about faith and the need for faith. I don't mean God uh, or, or religion. I mean faith just as a human being, mm. the belief that you are uh, part of a system, that you're valuable and that you're, you know, uh, you're there to fight for the system. Mm. So if we lose that faith in our everyday life, then what it means perhaps is that then the mitochondria also have lost their faith. Have lost their faith. How can they believe in us if we don't believe in our faith or whatever? So then they start doing their own thing, and that's and what that's cancer is. That's what cancer is. Cancer is just a, a bunch of hoodlum cells who don't agree with your right. body. So I, I, I sort of guessed that um, if the, the mitochondria, the, 
the, the consciousness of the mitochondria uh, becomes like ours, where we reject the old ideas of being part of a bigger system, being part of God or whatever, uh, then they just start behaving on their own. And, and in, the, in that metaphor, we are cancer, so, yes. or we are becoming cancerous. So it, the guy actually was like, wow, that's a really novel idea, actually. Mm, it's really, mm. you know, could, could be true. And, and I was like, well, great, you know, because you know your stuff, I don't, you know. So uh, that's an example of what I, I, I tend to do quite well is, you know. Uh, so you can jump outside the, uh, the, the paraphernalia of that man's thought take that thought and take it to some completely different Connect place it with other concepts. which it really was but that's called intelligence creative intelligence yeah. yeah i mean but i didn't come up with that concept because of him i just no you know you I had it in you had the opportunity but to you, test when you it met him it. you mirrored what he wasn't thinking yeah well i, I tested it with him and see what he thought and ah. you know because obviously he knows how it really works in scientific senses mm. but he would never have had that kind of thought because it's just outside his realm. And know. that that's why I where I as a doctor jump in both feet and say, look, if you think cancer you'll get cancer. Yeah. No, and, if you, and that's talk, provable, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you would think you know. cancer, 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 you'll get cancer. And what's the thing that's what triggered me because what's the main known cure for cancer and it is I am unwilling to die. I'm yes. gonna fight for my life. Yeah, yeah, these are provable. You know? But that that what that does is generate a type of faith that we don't have in our modern And society. that faith converts to um, fighter cells, yeah uh, trigger cells uh, leukocytes, lymphocytes. And maybe that's the kind of reaction of the mitochondria at some level. That yes. They're feeling Those micro-brains are being told by our macro-brain, the center, yeah. the London, the metropolitan. By God. They're being told by God. In by fact, our, right? My body's God is my brain. Yeah. And if my brain is happy, the diseases can't happen. Yeah. Because disease is just a lame excuse for... For the most part, that is true. I mean, it's, you know... It's you a lame excuse for not wanting to work. Obviously, you do get sort of... Uh, Exceptions to that, but yeah, for sure, it's 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 right. like that, isn't it? Look I mean, at an exceptional Stephen Hawking. There's, there's nothing right with him, and yet he's the world's biggest thinker. Mm. Well, the, he's not. He's the world's <laughs> well, most. He's also most recognised yeah, yeah. because he's in a wheelchair. I think he's not necessarily the world's leading scientist. He's ah. he's like one of those popular scientists. You know, yes, like, yes. And like the public Einstein as well. You know, he was the, very bright, but he wasn't the yeah. He was a genius. He was absolutely a genius. But I think there were other people. But there were, were other thinkers way, too. Way way more bright, but no. But they were hidden away. Yeah. Well, labs. they just weren't as popular as him for whatever reason. Yes. I mean, society needs its darlings. You know. So like science celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like Jade goodies of science. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, for me, I don't mean to say that Stephen Hawking isn't isn't good. No. Um, no. But I, I, but there are others too. I, I don't really rate some of them. Mm. I, I don't think he's such a great scientist. Person. He's not such big shakes. So we, we were talking about the systems. Once you understand systems, whether it's your body or one cell or the solar system or Newcastle upon time, it's the same scheme of things. Yeah, they have different conditions, you know. But yeah, uh, and I think if you're used to thinking in any way about computers, then it'll be very simple for you to make that metaphor. Maybe for other people, you could look at, you know, more animal concepts. For example, like you've got insects, and you know, they have one sort of system. Uh, you know, you have herds, and that's another kind of system. Mm. Um, you have New York; it's another kind of system. Yeah, it's a much bigger, uh, modern, new sort of thing, which is only made possible by science. You, you have know, punks; and that's another system. You've got Hindus; another system. They're no. all systems, basically. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. They're all system, system, system. Some of them are systems, some of them are ideologies, I guess, and there's that difference that... But um, those who fit with the ideology are part of that system. Yeah, which yeah I to an extent. Which I commonly call a herd, uh, like sheep. But you need sheep for keeping something stable. If everyone's a leader, yeah. there's no follower. No. No, I mean, I'm not critical of sheep for a long time because, it's, yeah, as I said, uh, you know, before it's also, yeah, it is like that. I mean, they... They just aren't necessarily there to come up with new ways of thinking. It's mm. it's, not, it's easier for people to, 
uh, you know, uh, let others stick their neck out and, and sort of hold back and wait until someone's right before they say, okay, we, we agree with that. And then they'll just say what the clever person said and uh, the one who was right, and then so that makes them feel better. Yeah, that's easier for uh, for most people. It's sticking your neck out is much more difficult. Called the tall poppy syndrome in Perhaps. Australia. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, some people will want to cut you down. Other people will just stand back and wait until, oh, yeah, well, let's see, let's see. We'll wait for you to succeed, and then I'll, I'll say, oh, yeah, I knew that guy, you know. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of that. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's it's basic fear, isn't it? I mean, you know, people mm-hmm. people are afraid of a lot of stuff because you know uh, what we tend to forget is that our brain was pretty much created to keep us alive. So mm-hmm. it it's kind of a fear box if you think about it. The, the ami- amygdala. It's called the amygdala, the fear center. Yeah, the, the, but it's unnecessarily big today because we don't have tigers chasing today us. Today we don't need it, but uh. that, that that's what kept us alive and all other organisms. You know, it's, if you don't have fear, you will die. It's yes. simple as that. Yes. So you know, the the purpose of having an imagination is a survival mechanism originally. Yes. yes. And the reason that we have an imagination is so that we can avoid death without mm. having to, you know, watch someone else die first. You yes. see what I mean? Or put a bullet through our heads and then oh, that was. Well, I'm bad. talking much earlier, like you know animals and stuff or, mm. or like you know uh, the herd watching one kill let's not jump off a cliff to see if it's going to kill us let's yes. imagine it oh it'll probably kill us okay let's not do it yeah. sort of example yeah. but when people are drunk and drugged they swallow liquid nitrogen <laughs> yeah that's also lack of fear isn't it because the editor has gone the brain has gone to sleep because you've taken too much alcohol or drugs and then you do the impossible thing like jump off a cliff and see if you get killed yeah i think you know those kind of things like if you if you look at today you've got people jumping out of cliff planes and jumping off cliffs with a parachute or whatever and bungee jumping yeah all that kind of stuff is a way of um, you know uh, conquering that fear i think which is you know uh, climbing kilimanjaro con- uh, conquering Perhaps, mount yeah. everest i think that's quite, i think that's different no that's no, quite different jumping off a pl- jumping off a cliff or something is is conquering your fear of death whereas climbing a mountain i wouldn't say is but i, I was more talking about the extreme stuff where you you know you could die literally like you're facing death you know so jumping Jumping out of a plane, or you know, you, you think you're safe, but your body doesn't know you're safe. You know, so you you so really teaching your body to take risks. Yeah, I think once you've gone through that boundary, you're sort of you're you're more alive in some senses because your body's kind of uh, got through. So that. You, you're not that controlled. You're not that much in the grip of a vice of fear. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, you can think new thoughts and have a bigger life. Perhaps, yeah. And help perhaps more people. Well, then again, I mean, I'm quite afraid to jump out of a plane, but I'm not afraid to have new thoughts. So, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fear. Well, a lot of people will jump out of planes, but will be afraid to think a new thought. Yeah. So it's different different boundaries we have. Yeah. Science has been uh, making life easier for us. I think technology helping. Uh, okay, science converted to technology. Yeah. Shall we say? Science is is like a a map of what's possible, and technology is an application of the map. Okay. Say. So, has life become better by having washing machines, dishwashers, radios, TVs, cars, mobile phones? Wow. Text, yes. SMS, Twitter, I'd Facebook. So. Yeah, I'd say so. I think a lot of people are still quite resistant to new things, mm. um, and others are quite keen on new things. But um, you can go back to very early days that people forget. You know, um, technology is is some some sort of tool that we've created that enhances our ability to do X, Y, and Z. And if you look back in the early days, perhaps you know picking up a rock and using that to kill. Uh, whatever, or to, to knock down a fruit from the tree or something, that's a tool, that's a form of technology. It's all tool, yeah. 
We're actually not the only species who do things like that. You know, like uh, there are monkeys who do similar things. Uh, monkeys have been shown to connect poles to reach out to a banana, for example. Mm. But no, that, that's in our tests because you know they're, they're obviously intelligent. But I mean, they have their own technologies as well, even though that, that's an application from a human perspective. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we've also discovered them on their own using rocks to open nuts in, in or, the wild. Yeah, or using a stick to collect ants. That's a form of technology. And so let's give an example when when people are quite resistant to technology. They're, they're like, you know, Amish people. They yeah, say, oh, in we America, don't, we don't yeah. accept new technology. We don't accept technology. Yeah. Okay. But they use a horse and cart, which is a form of technology as well. <laughs> you know, a little use, old, but it is technology. Yeah. And, and you know. What do they wear for clothes? Uh, it's all about 1850s or whatever. I think they're trying to stay there. And that's, you know, I can understand or whatever. But then when they say they reject technology, then, you know, then go and live in a cave, you know. I mean, you can't and, and stop speaking and and you know all these and using modern form words form of technologies. Just go, uh, uh. So, 1850s where they want to stay. Well, that's just one example, but I guess yeah, something like that. 1800s, I, I don't really know, but um, so. But then there's you know another example. If you go f way back and say, okay, there's a bunch of hunters and they kill with their hands. Um, they're already using uh, group mentality to hunt but yes. I wouldn't necessarily say that was technology because no, but know, there's group dynamics do that yeah mm. then that happens like a tribal technology that happens automatically but then someone one of the young hunters uses a stick to kill mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he says to everyone look I can do it on my own now I don't you know each one of us can kill one yes uh, deer or something we don't need to go five of us so mm. that's a form of technology that makes our life easier mm -hmm. so what will happen is some of the younger ones will pick up on that and say, hey, great, let's do that. That's so much more efficient. Mm. And then the older ones will say, no, but you, you, you don't get the tactile thing. It's not a social it's thing. Much it's much more fun ripping the animal of the hands. Well, that's what they, because that's what they know. Mm. And then they're resistant to the new way of doing things, yes. and they'll argue that mm. with whatever reason. But eventually, society will they're all accept into the it. new way. We're well, not even mm. dragged. They'll just, some of them maybe will die without picking up but, a stick. Okay, but okay. It's like today you get people who you know are still resistant. They don't want to use a mobile phone. Fine, you know. I mean, or you don't want to use a smartphone. Fine. Or you don't want to use the internet. Fine. But you know, um, with all of that sort of range, uh, if you look back then, we'd all laugh at those old people not wanting. But to But we're doing stick. the same thing today. But it's the same mentality, yeah. Mm. And it's a good thing because you know you don't want to move things too quickly. Maybe there's good reasons not to move it. Mm. Um, but then, for example, if I say to people, "Okay, let's go into the future." where the, the even not that far into the future where the whole computer system is just basically on our eye so we're all walking around completely connected to the internet mm. all the time with mm. a, you know augmented reality and all that yes um then so you know, so to say it again for those who don't know um you're not watching a computer screen you've got a uh, cover on your it's eye it's called wearable computing actually. so you're wearing a computer yeah and and this is about to start becoming popular because you know if you look at smartphones they're small enough practically you do wear them in your pocket so to speak and they're on your hand so that they're not it's not really wearable computing but it's really quite close you know this small device that we call a smartphone it has a screen it has a camera it has a processor uh, sound in and out it has a connection to the internet so all of that stuff if you miniaturize it and just put it next to your eyeball mm. with a little screen in front of it then uh, you know you're a cyborg so it, <laughs> so from uh, I, um, uh, iPhone to eyeball really yeah yeah <laughs> I mean that's uh, that's gonna happen and you know, take it a step further and people will be living in a matrix-style augmented hologram sort of reality where mm. our entire interaction is going to be simulated. I mean, this sounds scary, but, you know, people are doing that today when you've got a million people playing an online game. They're yeah. all existing. Within and we'll be talking about gaming in the next half. Yeah. Today. So I won't go too far into that right mm. now, but, 
but that's an example of um, the future where, you know, although we use it for entertainment and so on, which we'll discuss later, yes. um, in terms of technology and the adop uh, adoption of technology. The early adopters, they're called, you know, the people who yeah. go for new things immediately. So, so, but what I'm getting at is that if I mention that today, then people are like, oh, that's scary. So what, yeah. about, what about your physical body? And I say to them, yeah, but those kids or those beings that grow up like that, mm -hmm. they're going to look at us and say, look at those idiots <laughs> out there kicking their ball around. Yeah. You know, we're, we're contemplating God. We're, we're you know, make, making our planet move by thought to avoid an asteroid or some stuff like that mm. that we can't imagine. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's just it's the same way that we look back at those early adopters and with the stick. Them. Yeah, mm. with the stick, and we laugh at the older ones mm. who don't, who don't uh, absorb it um, or take it on. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because technology is always going to move faster than we want it. Mm. And uh, for some of us, it doesn't move fast enough. But, you know, there's kind of, um, there's a range of acceptance levels. And the main thing is that people, uh, I think, should be involved in technology. And because, you know, the, if you're not, um, you're then leaving it. will go haywire and do its yeah, own thing. Technology is dangerous in the wrong hands. So, yes. the more so you have to sit in the driving seat. and I think so. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why people need to be empowered by technology, because mm. it's us who it's going to affect. And if we want it to go the right way, we have to be involved, not... Uh, disassociated from but it's it. like the what we call democracy if you're not involved it'll do its own thing whether yeah. you like it or not you could say that there's a democracy in knowledge the more knowledgeable you are uh, the more you have the potential mm. to, to change things create yeah. a democracy and in, in it, being involved as to you're act saying. democratically yeah. uninformed democracy is is, uh, is rubbish yeah it's a, it's a rubble rousing yeah well it's, it's like a witch hunt isn't it i mean you know you can convince people who don't know anything of anything you want i mean it's and they won't challenge yeah, I think uh, I think I did a presentation once, which I called "Crap," C R A P, and it was uh, concepts represented as pictures, and it was a little presentation just to point out. And I, I gave a, a few little examples uh, of concepts represented as pictures, which were very convincing, and I made them very convincing. And in the end, I I just pointed out how each one of them was just total rubbish, <laughs> and it was just to point out to people that you know it's easy to convince people of anything you want it's just about how you present it and so, so, the, so the envelope becomes more important than the message inside it yeah and that's why you know the medium in the message are, are interesting you, you have to um, be aware I think of your, if you if you're concerned about stuff the solution is to to get involved you know like if your kid is using technology and you're afraid of what they're doing or not doing I mean, as a parent more, you're yeah, worried the more you know uh, the more you'll be able to guide help and notice and notice doing, yes you know? And the child will say, Dad, what do you think of this? Instead of, oh, Dad doesn't know. Mm. I've got people, not now, but about five years ago, oh, I don't know anything about email. My daughter does them for me. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. These technologies are there to, uh, to save us time so we can mm. move on with other things. And, and do the more creative stuff instead I think of the so. drudgery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the word creative is the key point. I mean, the, the, more, crea the more technology enabled you are and, mm. and let's not use the word technology there even the more enabled you are in general mm. uh, the more space you have to to create and create think, to help to grow yeah and ultimately you know society um, that's probably the one thing we are doing right is that we're giving space to create new layers of thought mm. and, and that's really the purpose of all of this technology so the common man has chance to express themselves so, so to speak i mean i, I almost reject the concept of common man because I think these I'm days... I'm using old dirty words. No, and, and, yeah, mm. I, I appreciate it. I'm mm. just saying that, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm mm. just saying that I personally sort of reject the idea of a common man these days. You know, you just don't have... As if someone is someone special. 
Well, I'm the common man, you are something special. Perhaps the common man these days or the common person is much more uh, adopting of technology, actually. The Luddite, as, mm. as you, you described there, used to be the common man, but these days I don't think it is. I think they're in the minority. So, yes, so the, so the uncommon man is the Luddite, the I one who won't so. use technology, yeah, and, and who won't be, have a mobile it phone. should be an insult. You know, who I sees think. his email once a month, yeah, and who answers text five days later. Who's left behind, yes. you know, using old systems. And yes. it's like, you know, there's, there's plenty of reasons to move forward. Mm. And at a certain point, when everybody adopts it, then your fears are probably misplaced. Yes. Yeah. Well, in, in this country, um, having an automatic car, people object, oh, I've taken so much trouble. Having an automatic camera, no, no, I need my light sensor meter. Mm. And we have it with everything like analog and digital. And yeah. So the analog photographer will say to the digital photographer in the early days, it's mm. changed now, but mm. they would say, mm. oh, but you don't get the same blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, smell, but, smell of the yeah, developer. Yeah, well, it, 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 it doesn't take you a, a whole day, a day to, to, you know. <laughs> or sending it, a film to Kodak Laboratories. It's not, it's not so expensive. I mean, but these are all good things. <laughs> so the, even the poor people are getting it. How can that be right? Yeah, and, you know, I, with a digital camera, you can take a thousand photos, delete the ones you don't want. Yeah, and, and you get them the instantly. Best. Absolutely. But in the early days, the quality wasn't so great. And it's the same with CD um, as opposed to vinyl. And, mm. you know, uh, people today still, some people say the quality is better on vinyl but what they mean is that the the sound is more familiar and rewarding to them uh, the quality is not better because in mp3 you, by compressing and uh, you remove all the sounds that oh, but you if can, you can't hear it, if you compare it to mp3 yeah mm. but if you you know i was comparing it to cd for example or, okay. or you know because uh, cd is not compressed so but how many people even in mp3 can make out the difference how many i have no idea i can immediately but, but you're, so. you're totally into it i can't true i mean i, I don't know for I me know. mp3 is good enough yeah, I mean, there's a range of MP3 as well. How well is it compressed? What what bit rate? But also, what how, how what's the level of complexity of the yes. the compression codec you yeah. used and yeah. all that stuff comes. What in. have you removed from it, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's the thing. Uh, so it's quite clever what MP3 does, by the way. I mean, uh, before it actually just compresses it in a standard way, it filters it, um, and it filters it using psychoacoustic algorithms. Which mm. what they do is. They say, okay, what is the human brain not going to pick up on anyway, yes, and yes. how much of that can what we What can't the brain understand? What can't the ear hear? Well, the, it, it, I don't even think it's the ear. It's the psychoacoustic. Psychoacoustic. Yeah, it's, it's beyond the, the ear. Yeah, the, the ear technically should pick up all of it. But well, then my ear doesn't pick up what your ear can. No, okay, but that's that's just a high-frequency drop-off that mm. happens with old age, but that's mm. that's um, that's different concept. I mean, the, the, the psychoacoustic um, side of it is, you know, what do you actually take in? What the brain does when it's visualizing or you know um, well, when it's trying to reconstruct the information that's coming in mm. basically it filters out as much of the noise as possible yes and just takes the stuff that's useful it just but takes the peaks in a way it just takes what is well, what's valuable so a ticking clock is standard mm. clicking clicking every second so mm. after some time your brain just stops registering it but if because it's so used to it if yeah. it's changing its speed all the time then your brain can't filter it out yes so there's one principle, and, and another one is, uh, you know, that, that for example, I, I did a concept for an art project. I didn't actually do the art project, but mm -hmm. it was uh, it was about showing MP3, showing the sounds that are removed, and blah blah, and saying, you know, if you look at this sound, say I'm speaking right now, and then you remove the psychoacoustic information that MP3 thinks you're not going to hear. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so that, does it sound different to you? Probably not. But then let's remove the original sound and just put the sounds that have been taken out. Only the sounds, only the, the only noise. Only the sounds that you don't, you're not supposed to hear. That yes, so and what Then you, what you're doing is you're priming the psychoacoustic response to understand what it's not listening to. It's, it's like looking at underneath your own wiring. 
uh, sort of a psychedelic experience in that respect, not not to do with any uh, substance, but just you know. So in, you're in, in a sense. space where you're not meant to be because you're not meant to have seen it. You're, you're seeing what your brain normally filters out. Yes, which so is very psychedelic. So you're working respect. in an ultraviolet uh, infrared world. Something like that. Yeah. Wow. What and a concept. I'm impressed. It's nice because it makes you think. After that, you hear much more. That it's all it is is a primer to make you. So it's like forcing you to look at what you don't want to hear, what you got used to. Something like that. Yeah, it's like uh, cleaning the filter and resetting wow. the filter. Wow. Okay. And you can do the same with visual because actually the same concept is applied in compression, vi visual compression. Like JPEG well. and all that. Yeah, JPEG or, or MPEG or anything mm. more advanced than that. Yeah, these mm. concepts in, in are being used because technology can't afford that much space and a massive yeah, and, CD. And it goes really far in terms of how far they've understood how your brain perceives stuff and how f they can remove. It's called psychovisual enhancement in the mm. case of uh, or psychovisual reduction or whatever. Mm. Mm. In the case of uh, visual compression like video and, and you when you watch it, you don't notice that it's actually much less information because your brain is being tricked into thinking that, that you know, so it's it's really clever stuff. And I was gonna, you know, I've got a whole concept for a project like that. I just never, never put my mind into it really. Well, yet. we'll talk it through because I, I find it quite exciting. I like pictures and I like sound. And yeah, uh, it's quite stimulating to see that uh, you can make a connection. You were showing me some fractals, was it, the other day, uh, on your phone, uh, on your uh, smartphone, some pictures. That ring? No, that was a spectral analysis. Spectral uh, analysis of sound. Sound, yeah. So as you spoke, it was coming up there. Yeah, and it was uh, it was just sort of analyzing the harmonics. Now I want to use that principle for uh, another idea I had like many years ago. I don't want to discuss that on, mm. on here mm. because mm. maybe I'll go and paint it. Okay. 